This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hello everyone. You're listening to Brewing Talks, a show where I converse with creative minds from the marketing and the media industry. I want to share that uh, you know the show Brewing Talks is getting some amazing response and reviews from from our listeners. So thank you all so much and I hope you all keep listening to it. So you know what over the weekend uh, you have uh, less work to do so you can you know kind of uh, watch a lot of movies you read a lot of books so i happened to see this movie called uh, the confessions of a shopolic uh, it has a character called uh, you know uh, rebecca bloomwood who is a hardcore shopper you know she indulges in all types of sale that comes across in her uh, you know shopping district she goes into mega shopping like a binge binge shopping as we call and somewhat you know i relate this behavior of uh, of that character in this movie uh, first of all i relate this character with me i'm a big time shopper i like to indulge you know i like to indulge as they say in a trivial pursuit right and i'm sure quite few of us and also the one who are listening to the show right now in their lifetime have done this bit of a shopping indulgence you know like just shopping or just going for products for the sake of it you know with no clear objective in mind and just doing it because they just feel good about you know doing so so in today's episode uh, this topic is going to be a very interesting conversation which is going to be revolving around the consumption patterns of you know the consumers in india or i would say i don't want to just confine into india you know it will be great if we can get a global perspective too as well and for this i have with me on the show today jamal sheik jamal uh, i've known him since many many years uh, he he's from bombay he currently resides in uh, new delhi but he comes from bombay and he started his career with bombay times uh, he then moved on to uh, zoom television which is a part of times and then he also became the entertainment editor of dna newspaper he's currently the editor of india's largest lifestyle magazine called brunch and also the national editor for new media initiatives for the hindustan times uh, jamal also launched men's health in 2006 and also the luxury rob report jamal has run several shows on television and is one of the most influential thought leaders in the country today welcome to brewing talks jamal it's amazing to have you on the show hi madhurika good to be here looking forward to talking to you absolutely so jamal as i mentioned about the theme of today's episode uh, you know give me some give me your perspective on this consumer mindset when it comes to indulging or you know what i spoke about you know uh, binge shopping as such just give me your perspective to this so in my mind madhulika uh, consumption patterns became clear when i became the editor of rob report magazine now rob report uh, for those mm-hmm. who do not know is the world's number one luxury magazine it's an american magazine uh, that launched in india in 2010 Uh, it was brought to India by the India Today group, uh, and it is considered pretty much the final word on luxury. Right? It is Correct. meant for people who uh, uh, who have, I mean, for whom money is not an issue. Right? They want to get mm-hmm. the world, and they will get it. Mm-hmm. Given that I didn't come from a background like that, I uh, uh, I needed to really understand what it is that drove people to luxury. Immediately, what was very obvious was there's a show off factor. There's a joy in having something bigger, faster, better than your neighbor, your relative, or your cousin, right? But that I soon realized was uh, uh, was a result of new money. 
it was for people who had just gotten broken into wealth that uh, that they needed to show off that uh, helped them you know develop their self worth um that is unfortunately a big part of the way the indian rich spend right however mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic in the last year year and a half has shown such a great change in that consumption pattern uh people mm-hmm. are uh, wondering if uh, showing the neighbor that their car is faster or bigger or better than theirs uh, is actually the right way to go uh, mm-hmm. uh whether you know wearing that wristwatch that uh, you know immediately shows okay this guy must be worth something because he's wearing a watch mm-hmm. that costs 20 lakhs right uh, mm-hmm. is that the right thing to go you know and you know there's a great contradiction here madhulika because you know we come from a country uh, mm. which has always uh, used uh, or believed in austerity uh, as a as a guiding principle you know the nehruvian principles of uh, you know if you have wealth great don't show it off <laughs> you know a rich industrialist used to still drive uh, basic cars the money used to all go in tijoris you know it's not like everyone was not a vijay malya there were very few vijay malyas Uh, when we grew up at least right yeah. uh, that changed over the last couple of decades with the younger generation saying okay now if we have wealth we're going to spend it right uh, a little bit of show off culture came in 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 consumption patterns but right now over the last year and a half there has been such a change positive mm-hmm. conscious change where people are still indulging this they, they still you know agree with the fact they believe that if we have the money there's nothing wrong with spending it uh, as long as maybe we're doing a little bit of philanthropy and we, you being conscious etc but now people are spending more for uh, you know for things that that bring them joy rather than hmm. just make them look hmm okay so are you saying that uh, the whole way, the way we look at luxury shopping or luxury indulgence is is going to be changing from here on uh, or is it a very temporary phase of wine that we are currently experiencing is why we are going for a new set of you know category of shopping or indulgence is this a temporary state of affairs you know you what? never know what happens tomorrow i mean who would have thought in 2019 that we would uh-huh. be all locked in the world would be locked into home into a home and you know we would be hmm. able to travel or go out or so uh, i hope that uh, i think the most sad thing to come out of a pandemic would be that if we do not learn our lessons from it uh, if we do not realize that uh, that uh, you know the basic that we lived on in 2020 you know whether it was basics of food or you know doing our own household work because we didn't have domestic help etc right um, we shouldn't forget those things. those lessons and simplicity have taught us something during the pandemic and uh, and i hope they stay with us and uh, which is why i think consciousness and consumption of luxury uh, i hope mm-hmm. this is so can we say so okay this is from a what you just said is about from a consumer's perspective how they now look at shopping or luxury shopping or indulgence so what is in for brands to consider i mean like the ones who are being who have been consumed by such consumers and now the consumers are no longer at least for the current state of affair they are not looking at those categories or uh, you know products or brands so what is in for them or what is the learning for them do they need to evolve themselves or do they need to create a more sustainable model so how do how, what do brand needs to get into from from this particular learning you know uh, with social media and with the multiple outlets that uh, that brands have at their disposal to put their message out or to sell their products 
right? Uh, they have mm-hmm. been, they have developed a great sense of uh, uh, of uh, shamelessness. You know, okay, I sell this mm-hmm. brand of cars, right? And if I send you ten messages or emails or twenty uh, posts during a day saying that mm-hmm. this is what's mm-hmm. great about my car, this is what makes it so special, it's okay. I'm just trying to sell my car. It's capitalism. I'm doing what is good for mm-hmm. my business. Nobody can fault mm-hmm. you. Right. However, have you noticed in the last few months how many brands have had to pull back? Okay, fashion brands mm-hmm. have had to talk about sustainability instead of the fabric they're using. Car brands have had to talk about uh, the environment and the shift they're making from fuels that are that are future friendly. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, people have opened themselves up, and I think brands have opened themselves up to uh, mm-hmm. marketing themselves by their virtues, which uh, mm-hmm. uh, which they stand for, rather than just the hard product, which I think again mm-hmm. is a welcome change. So you know, yeah, one of the good is. things that that's, that's come out of COVID. Right. So, okay. So, okay. I agree with you, Jamal, when you say that uh, it's a phase where people really don't want to, you know, look at showing off what what brands they are flaunting. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there is one contradictory point of view, or rather, a you know, a, a mindset that we witness that. Okay, I agree that it was not about luxury indulgence of flaunting luxury brands, but. shopping did exist in a very big way for the entire duration of the pandemic especially last year you know when people had nothing to do uh, they were totally home bound and they were saying okay now the only source of entertainment we have is to keep ordering online and as much as feel good about it you know like when you order something and you suddenly get a call your parcel is right here you know you feel good about the fact okay there's something new in my life i want to unbox it and see you know how it looks so isn't there a segment that existed and i'm sure a lot of people did heavy shopping just not just for the usage perspective but also just to feel good about the the situation they were you know experiencing you know that's funny you say this because you know i'm totally the antithesis of uh, of the person <laughs> who goes like to shop to beat stress you know shopping for me is a chore right i go right. somewhere usually okay. usually when i you know earlier i used to be abroad and i used to say okay i like these t-shirts let me get three of these in the same different colors in the same fit because it works okay. so right so i'm not the kind to beat stress uh by going and shopping but i do know a lot of people who are very close to me my friends my brother my sister in law they love to shop and this uh, shopping okay. on the phone you're right it's become absolutely uh, i mean there's just no limit to it right you can uh, mm-hmm. you can just you're bored a little bit between breakfast and lunch and you sit in your order something right and then there's this yeah. entire uh thing of you know you forget you ordered something sometimes and then it arrives you know 6 weeks later you know it's go oh, yeah, mm-hmm. when did i order this you know and do i really need it Right, mm-hmm. and, and then these unboxing videos that happen online. You know, I don't understand right. what's so special. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, however much I uh, joy I find in unboxing a new iPhone that I buy, which is mm-hmm. super overpriced. Right? Uh, do I want to make a video of it and watch it again, or would I even imagine <laughs> that someone would want to watch it? I don't know. Right? Right. But but let's right. yeah, but yeah, but I agree. It's a thing. Let me tell you, it's the second time in my life. Uh, That mm-hmm. I have been surprised by such consumer behavior. Uh, the first mm-hmm. time was when I started doing raw report, where I just couldn't understand why uh, a pen would cost ten uh, lakh rupees, which is sometimes okay. you know <laughs> more than the lifetime savings of a person, uh, you know, with a modest right. job or right. a modest life, right? 
and uh, and uh, and then I began to realize that what people value in luxury is sometimes the backstory. Right? It's not like you wear, necessarily buy the watch uh, because of what it says that oh he's gonna he's wearing a watch that costs twenty five lakhs or because of what mm-hmm. it says about you when you wear it. Sometimes you just value the craftsmanship, the story behind the creation of the mechanism, the service mm-hmm. you get. You know there are mm-hmm. there are watch companies in, in Europe which uh, welcome you to their factory, make you meet the you know the the movement uh, experts who've been working there for thirty years. Years, right? They almost become mm-hmm. a part of your family, right? Now true, that true. I would, I would indulge, right? But if if I can afford it someday, of course, uh, depends mm-hmm. on how much you pay me for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. but uh, but that that you know you are, you understand and you enjoy. So that was the first time I remember with rock records the consumption being surprised. And and then the second time I really got surprised by consumer behavior was uh, when after the pandemic, when start, things started opening up at the end of last year, uh, there was this very very visible trend of revenge shopping. <laughs> you know, yeah. instead of yeah. going out yeah. and going for drives and treks and running and Correct. cycling, people were going to malls and buying stuff. <laughs> you Correct. know, Correct. Uh, I, I couldn't know, I understand think, yeah. it, uh, and, uh, and and it's something I haven't figured out yet. So if you have a theory on it, you should. <laughs> so I uh, yes I mean I agree what you what you said because I, I kind of we all saw this happening in a, in a very big way and I think from my perspective Jamal I feel it was also about a hum, you know as human beings once we develop a habit right or develop a certain mindset it's very difficult to break it all of a sudden correct so I think something which was pretty much a part of us an integral part of the way we behave and we respond uh, when it when it was deprived from us you know we could tolerate it for a certain time but when we got that opportunity in a room to open up and go back to our earlier days of doing things the way we did it i think there was not a single time we could wait for a moment to not do it right but tell me about so it because i had a you know the question i had when i saw this happen was that uh, there was a great amount of uncertainty last year right uh, there were a lot of people mm-hmm. who lost their jobs a lot of us had salary cuts a lot of us uh, you know had to figure out what we were going to do with our lives and careers and how we were going to pay the next emi etc right Mm-hmm. Where did the sense of responsibility disappear when we started ordering things online? <laughs> you know, uh, things that we really didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, true, true. Agreed. Yeah, I guess uh, we we have a mix of, uh, you know, different mindsets existing. Uh, so I guess I each guess. section. So I think they, they, the way to look at it is also that, uh, you know, the shops and the brands uh, waiting to be opening up because they also are a source of employment to a lot more people down the right. line, right. you know, uh, could be an indirect way of a service to yeah, them as yeah, well. Yeah. And I don't mean that people who go shopping are irresponsible in any which way. Of course I not. think, yeah, uh, yeah. I also think that it was maybe a sense of uh, normalization of things, you know, Absolutely. for people, you know, Absolutely. oh, this is how I used to do it, now it's available again, I can do it again, you know, so Absolutely. Uh, for me, uh, my my idea of normal is going to a coffee shop, right, ordering coffee and mm-hmm. a piece of cake or a sandwich or something like that, right, and watching mm-hmm. the world go by, right, that is what I want to do, uh, but for some people, maybe it is going to a mall and shopping or ordering online and shopping, so you know, to each their own. True, Absolutely. 
absolutely so uh, before i move on to my uh, next question which is going to be you know conversation about bit of luxury travel uh, you know it is just occurring to me uh, you launched uh, men's health yes. right jamal yes. and uh, so again coming back to indulgence or shopping or changing the way we used to shop tell me about how men have responded to this behavior you know uh, and how grooming whether it became uh, better for them or it was an opportunity to explore how i can look good while being at home or or maybe the lack of salon being open you know there was no way to really take it forward so just tell me a little bit about the grooming perspective of men being at home last year or even otherwise what trends have you seen in the the men's grooming industry overall so madhulika in 2006 when i launched men's health one of my very mm-hmm. early learnings as the editor of the magazine was that the fact or the belief that women are more veiled and beauty conscious is hmm. the biggest lie that has ever been told men are 10 times more veiled <laughs> okay okay uh, behind okay. the idea of reading a fitness magazine like men's health like it was perceived to me right and mm-hmm. building excess building abs and bigger biceps and stuff like that all of that was meant to look a certain way right men want mm-hmm. to be as attractive uh, just as women want to be as beautiful right so there's mm-hmm. no question about that mm-hmm. let me tell you even as we went into things and did more research we even discovered you know did our grandparents my grandfather used to use henna in his hair right mm-hmm. wasn't that a kind of hair dye to look a certain way right true uh, yeah. fair and beautiful which was the big controversial fairness cream that india had for years and for mm-hmm. decades was being used by boyfriends and husbands because they also want to be fair <laughs> true right? true agree uh, yeah the yeah. idea of grooming for men had always been there it's been there down the centuries uh, men have been uh, men have been vain uh, they are as vain as women uh if not more right mm-hmm. uh, 80% of the guys who uh, go to the gym uh, and mm-hmm. clean up themselves in the mirror lift their t-shirt and say okay now I've got a two pack I've got a four pack okay all mm-hmm. of them are doing it to look a certain way <laughs> they're okay. not doing okay. it to be fit okay ask them to open a bottle of ketchup they won't be able to <laughs> those are <Correct>. those are <laughs> barbie dolls male barbie dolls or kens or whatever you call Correct. them right so Correct. so beauty for men has always been as essential as it is for women right women can right. show right. it right uh, and uh, mm-hmm. and tend to get the flack for it right but mm-hmm. uh, but increasingly mm-hmm. over the last few uh, a uh, few years uh, beauty for men has opened up right in mm-hmm. some cultures mm-hmm. it was all it had already opened up a few you know sure. a few yeah. years ago right like uh, i i remember having a friend in thailand who used to use foundation uh, and i used to be like mm-hmm. but you're a guy why do you need to do that it's okay to have a little part in your face you know uh, mm-hmm. but, but today uh, we did a men's international men's day. so now i did a magazine called brunch right which is the sunday mm-hmm. night sometimes and last year in november when it was the international men's day i don't know if you know this international men's yes. day on the 19th yes. of of november uh, we yes. did a story with three young uh, 25 30 year old um, vloggers you know these new mm-hmm. media superstars uh, who okay. are very as a matter of an everyday routine use makeup they men okay. they straight okay. uh, or at least uh, uh, i mean i think i mean most of them are in the thought i mean they were very clear that they have nothing to do with sexuality right and they use mm-hmm. they don't think there's anything wrong in trying to you know uh, use cover up your dark eyes or 
darker under eyes and stuff like that. So, in, and this again gets reflected in the uh, men's beauty products, right? Because now Nivea yeah. has a line for men, uh, L'Oreal has a line for men, uh, Fair and Beautiful or whatever has become Fair and Handsome as well, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so all of this continue, it, it continues to grow. And uh, while I appreciate the openness uh, mm-hmm. of the fact that men are grooming themselves or wanting to look beautiful, uh, you know, I just hope my friends don't put those standards to me because I'm very lazy. And I really don't even mind his long hair. I'm happy to just go and cut my hair once in three months. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I would rather my personality shines through. Correct. Absolutely. Wonderful. But that's in, that's just interesting insights to know about how it's opening up, especially in our country now, right? So it's interesting. So, okay, now, Jamal, I come to the point of luxury travel. So, okay, so uh, let's not maybe talk about the current scenario. It's a lot different. So overall, if you see how luxury travel has, you know, spanned over the years and how do you see it, you know, uh, moving forward, you know, down the line, how do you see the trends in this space? You know, luxury is a, uh, is a changing term, Madhulika, because uh, uh, luxury uh, in evolved economies like the West was far more um, uh, driven by exclu- attached closely to exclusivity, you know, experiences that other people could not, uh, could not have as easily, right? Uh, they didn't have to do necessarily with how much something costs. Uh, hmm. However, in emerging markets like ours, uh, luxury was often uh, associated with uh, brand-driven uh, add-ons, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, flying first class, or uh, you know, uh, right. getting, uh, getting some champagne before you take off, or having a hmm. you know cabin in your aircraft, uh, uh, or having a bath in the Emirates first class, <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. or having a limousine in Bikiwa. Right? These were all, right. uh, you know, borderline, uh, again, like I said, show-off uh, tactics, uh, which was to tell the world that you had arrived, that all the hard work you put in over the last few years is finally paying off, and that you've, right. uh, you know, managed to take your life uh, and the lifestyle to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Luxury in Europe and uh, luxury for Rob Report, for instance, was a very evolved uh, uh, set of... Uh, 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 was a very evolved set of uh, ideas. Um, mm-hmm. It meant luxury for for someone who had it all and uh, lived in Europe or say maybe in uh, in, in the US, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was to come into a small town like Jodhpur, right, and live mm-hmm. in and live with a family which. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which right. cooked vegetarian, local food, uh, shared right. their rooms uh, uh, with other people, right? This is a life these True. guys had never really experienced, right? True. True. Uh, or, and go to work in a... I mean, they, nobody wants discomfort, right? So you mm. still would have, uh, you know, an auto rickshaw for yourself. But the point is you were still driving an auto rickshaw and calling it a luxury experience, right? Yeah. Because you were experiencing right. life like you would never have experienced otherwise. And it would give you mm. stories... Uh, to go back and tell your friends and contemporaries, which would, uh, you know, enthrall them, mm. right? Mm. So mm. I feel there's a shift in, uh, in Indian luxury travel from uh, from the experience, from just wanting to do the show-off bits, right? And go, mm. and go to a, uh, a huge mm. resort and lounge by the pool and, you know, have martinis all day, uh, to uh, going in search of experiences, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. a, a couple of years ago, uh, 
uh, an Indian company uh, based out of Pune launched mm-hmm. uh, an expedition called the White Continent to Antarctica, mm-hmm. which uh, mm-hmm. which was a journey by ship from uh, one of the southernmost towns in the world called called uh, in, in Argentina, where you went mm-hmm. on a seven day ship journey to the to a new continent, basically, right? To the white continent, okay. right? It was not right. a comfortable ship journey because uh, because the waters can be very rough there, right? Uh, right. Especially on certain days, it was mm-hmm. bitterly cold. Uh, if mm-hmm. you couldn't afford the top berth, in any way, it was an expensive uh, trip. Uh, it cost a few lakh rupees mm-hmm. per person. Uh, if you couldn't, mm-hmm. uh, if you couldn't afford the top berth, you shared your room with someone. It was at the end of the day a ship, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you just had uh, you know two hours a day where you actually got off the ship and went to the continent. You know, and did a little bit of fun looking around, and you came back to the ship, right? But again, mm-hmm. it was an experience mm-hmm. that uh, people with money were willing to spend. Right? right. So, True. so I think Correct. I think the joy of travel should be stories and, uh, and the exposure mm-hmm. that you get to other cultures and other ways of living. And Correct. I believe Correct. that people have started to put the focus uh, on that far more than just the show Absolutely. of hey, oh, you know, guess what? I've been to London three times this year. Correct, correct. So I think you're right, Jamal, because I think also with the whole the growth in social media and digital sharing happening, I think people now want to share something just like how we're saying that it's not about showing off or flaunting a brand any longer. It's also not about showing off what you're, where you are, of which brand of hotels you're living. I mean, yes, there is a segment of people who might still do it, but we are talking about the major chunk of ones who are actually going to the the local roots and wanting to share stories about their experiences, talking to a local woman, you know, somebody who is doing hand woven, uh, you know, or some artisan. So it's becoming very rooted in the way people want to share their stories on social today, as compared to oh, you know totally. maybe one you know, some time uh, back. And, and you know, forget social, which also then maybe. Uh, has that element of showing off, etc. Right? When you true, travel true. yourself, Madhulika, okay, when you're given a curated tour where someone comes and tells you, you know, this mm. is what happens here, this is what mm. uh, you know, this is how people live and this is the food they eat. Okay, it's mm. it's great mm. information. But suppose you're mm. walking on your own, you've been given a morning free somewhere, right? And mm. you discover something that is true. so, you know, maybe a word that someone uses for bread uh, in maybe mm. Croatia, that is the same word that we use in India. You know, okay, in Marathi, okay. right? Right. And, right, and we say, right. shit, there is a similarity somewhere. And that self-discovery or the discovery mm-hmm. you made yourself, right, brings right. you a lot more joy than that curated tour, which you know is going to be, you know, played out on repeat to everybody who turns up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's true. So just keeping this, uh, we spoke about travel now. Uh, what What happens to fine dining? you know, or a luxury dining space, because like we're saying, a lot of things are, you know, to some extent, while it may sound like an oxymoron, but, you know, luxury seems to be a bit casual now, right? So similarly, we are seeing a lot of restaurants and the standalone brands, they're doing extremely well, not because of the stiff culture that or the environment that they create for their customers. It's about the casualness. It's about feeling good about community dining. So you think luxury dining is also evolved and is going to be evolving further? Yeah, well, I was uh, chatting with a group of uh, luxury experts the other day and, uh, and uh, two years ago, uh, foodie travel or travel for food mm-hmm. was such a huge mm-hmm. thing. It was a growing market. People wanted to go mm-hmm. and uh, try out cuisines and local foods in not just cities, but also different regions and countries. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the topic was when, when we were talking the other day, uh, when will this return? Because now, even if you end up traveling during the pandemic and you're careful about, you know, you're, you're traveling with a lot of care, you're masking right. up and stuff like that. Are you then going to be experimental with your food? You know, food that you think mm-hmm. is not going to suit you, or food that's probably you know purchased off the street. How long mm-hmm. will it take for this food tourism to really come mm-hmm. back? You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a question that nobody really has answers to. Uh, True. Having okay. said that, yeah. uh, people shouldn't give up hope. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. people should. Uh, I think I think the reflection of a culture and people uh, is comes across most strongly. From their food and food habits and uh, and their tastes and their flavors, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, so I'm hoping that as things go along, you know, the good part is that you know the, the whole world was in the pandemic together, right? True. So True. we all know what is good and what is not, and everyone's as long as you're in a country that is home, that is uh, uh, you know irrespective of waves, waves are going to come and go, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but as long as you know you're in a country where people are dealing with the pandemic and the uh, and the precautions that one must take with it in a responsible mm-hmm. manner. Uh, you should continue to travel for food. I know I will, and uh, mm-hmm. and I will continue to eat the craziest of things at least mm-hmm. once because right, what right, is life right. if you haven't tried it all once, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so Jamal, tell me. Uh, now we say social media; it's very relevant for any brand category to be any and every brand category to be present today. Uh, but then, social media has become so mass, you know, like it's like you have followers following you, but then you don't even know what kind of followers are actually watching, looking at your brand, right, and creating perceptions around it. So, is it possible to be exclusive and yet be on social media? Do you think it's possible to to come to this conclusion that you can be exclusive because you are luxury and you can still be on social? Um, I think so, you know. Uh, I think social media is still not uh, uh, as, you know, we give it a lot of importance because it's our outlet mm-hmm. to the, to, uh, to, it's an easy way of seeing the world, right? We don't have to travel right. to places to meet our friends or people, you know, we can interact with our, films, our favorite film stars. Uh, we can also see fashion shows now on Instagram and, you know, see what right. our brands are launching, etc., etc. But um, we give it way too much of importance. There will be a time uh, in the not too distant future when we will say that, hey, this is not fun watching it on a screen anymore. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I want to actually go and experience this myself. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, also what's going to happen is we will stop judging people and brands uh, by the number of followers they have. Because, uh, you know, we all know that we've gone through, uh, uh, you know, experiences where we've said, oh, this new brand is now on Instagram, you know, and suddenly you Mm -hmm. see them grow from 2,000 followers to 2 million in a matter of two Mm -hmm. months, you know, and then you keep getting all these promotional things saying, hey, you want to get 2 million followers, and then you get DMs Mm -hmm. when people say, you know, this is how we pay us 50,000 and we get you this Right? So that gray area raises a lot of questions, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and anyone who's sensible will know that just the number of followers a brand or a person or an influencer has does not mm-hmm. make him or her the final one. 
right? Mm. Um, the joy True. about social media is that it's also a two-way street, right? I mean, that's what Twitter has shown, right? You right, put out one right. statement, you'll get 50 other points of view, right? Um, mm. But uh, that's the way we, it needs to continue being. The minute it gets okay. too big, you know, where you have millions of followers, you're not able to interact with all of them. You're not able Correct. to, you know, Correct. reach out and respond. You know, uh, for instance, you know, Correct. Indigo, suppose it's an airline, right? Right. Uh, and right. They, they may have, you know, 20 million followers, but if they're not able to respond to a mm. customer who reaches out the complaint, right? Uh, sure. It's of no sure. use, right? Correct. So, Absolutely. Uh, so social media needs to be used uh, uh, with that very conscious, conscious uh, understanding mm-hmm. in mind. Right, grow it only mm. when you can, when you are able to cater to your customer base Correct. and consumer base. Correct. Right, and, Correct. and as a consumer, you should make it a point to not judge someone by the number of followers or the number of likes, right? Mm. But by how much their social media language appeals to you. You know, mm. uh, some brands may do beautiful photographs. Some may just put out statements. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, what matters mm. is who you find it. Hmm, true. No, you. I think what you just said, Jamal, is a wake-up call for a lot of brands because today everybody is running behind numbers, right? And they they feel that the the large, as you said, the larger the number, uh, you know, the more confident they feel that their brand is doing well on social. But I think sometimes the reverse could be true because if you don't have the bandwidth to manage those people who are there on your page and give that. Uh, customize attention to an extent, then it's actually a worthless exercise Absolutely. to indulge into, you know, a number game. With great power, yeah. always yeah. comes greater responsibility. Absolutely, that's true. No, that's that's a big learning for for a lot of marketers, uh, you know. Especially, I'm I'm certain on that. Uh, okay, so Jamal, uh, coming back to the luxury point of view, so we know that celebrity endorsements have always been a clear association with the way brands of such nature wants to advertise or promote or talk about them because it's a clear association of the lifestyle that celebs live and the way they flaunt the brands they are advertising. But now again, when we're talking about the shift in mindsets and the way people look at consumption of you know products or categories of brands, so do you think even the way they will look at the brands promoting themselves, do you think the seller factor is somewhere getting a bit diluted today? Do you think people don't really connect so much and they're looking at deeper, uh, you know, ways of storytelling to really tell them this is my, even if I'm luxury, but this is what I'm about. This is my purpose to be here for you. You know, so do you think that shift is also taking place? You know, one of the most fascinating outcomes of this entire social media revolution has been uh, the change in the way we look at our stars. If you remember Mm -hmm. in the 1980s or 90s, that's when I grew up, right? Um, Mm -hmm. A star was was about mystery. You know, you used to Mm -hmm. watch a car where a star used to be traveling and there used to be people running behind them. Or people used to go and stand outside Amitabh Bachchan's house or even Shah Rukh Khan's house at a later point, you know, and say, oh, that's where he lives, right? Right. Uh, Shah Rukh Khan, to some extent, changed that. Because uh, mm-hmm. the film star before him, who used to just mm-hmm. come and wave to his fans, uh, usually a couple of hours later than his scheduled mm-hmm. time of arrival, because well, if you don't make mm-hmm. your fans wait, you know it makes you mm-hmm. feel look like weak. Right? He changed yeah. it by starting to dance at weddings and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. what am I? I'm just a performer. You know, pay me and I'm mm-hmm. going to dance mm-hmm. at weddings." Right? True. The next superstar after him, Ranveer Singh. 
Um, took it a step further, right? Uh, he was not just uh, performing whenever he got a chance to. He was also mm-hmm. interacting with his fans at every minute he could. He was dressing Correct. up to get out of his car to walk into the airport. He was uh, uh, he was making loud fashion statements. Uh, mm-hmm. He was going into in the middle of uh, markets and uh, driving on cars and you know dancing to be able to keep his brand going. Right. Hmm, hmm, today's true. film star, today's celebrity, has to work a lot harder to keep this brand value going. You know, hmm, as hmm, compared hmm. to you know the dismissiveness or mystery that the old time film star got away. Hmm. However, what is most of note is the entire self-made celebrities who have actually hmm. attained stardom uh, on the basis of their own social media. On the basis of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, becoming relatable TikTok stars or YouTube vloggers mm-hmm. or Instagram fashion influencers, right? Mm-hmm. These are regular people like you and me, uh, maybe mm-hmm. a bit younger than me, uh, who uh, who just wore clothes, who lived a life that was maybe aspirational to other people, and spoke mm-hmm. the language of the regular guy. Uh, mm-hmm. to find a stronger connect than that film star. And that is mm-hmm. what made Shah Rukh Khan in a very recent interview say that the next big competition for big film stars is not going to come from film actors, but from social mm-hmm. media stars. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and Correct. that is the beauty of this changing face of celebrity. Right? Mm-hmm. There's also a changing face of the fan or of the consumer. Right? Mm-hmm. Earlier, there used to be... Uh, they still are, but in the certain parts of you know uh, India, which mm-hmm. are not connected uh, on the internet as much, uh, there used to be temples that were made in honor of stars. Uh, yes, right. Of course, yes. Right? yes. Today, uh, the regular fan though is not does idealize a star with blind faith, mm-hmm. unless you're a Shah right. Salman Khan fan and you will defend his movie Correct. to the end of the planet. <laughs> uh, uh, today's uh, guy would say, hey, Ranbir, I'm a big fan of yours, but, uh, you know, I don't like that. Oh, hey, do you mm-hmm. still have abs? Can you show me your abs? You know, my abs mm-hmm. are better than yours. <laughs> right? He thinks of himself yeah, as yeah. an equal or a friend, you know, which is, right. a, which, is a, right. which is a shift in the way a consumer or a fan used to treat his favorite star. Mm. Right? True, so, uh, true. so brands, yeah. again, today right. find Absolutely. that they can actually get more traction uh, using social media stars mm-hmm. uh, than they uh, would get using film stars and all the paraphernalia and all the nakkas mm. that a film star would come. So Correct. it's actually, a, it's, 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 a, it's shifting, it's like seismic and, uh, and it's, it's fascinating mm-hmm. to watch really. Great, great. So Jamal, I think uh, these were some very, very interesting insight that came from you. And so, you know, if I conclude what you, what, you know, what you mentioned during the show. So while yes, we have seen the shift, you know, of the way people consume brands or luxury today. Uh, I think it's, uh, as I said earlier, it's also like a wake up call for, for these categories of brands to understand how they need to be agile and change with changing times, right? Because I think if they do it now, I think it's the right time to make that shift because we are definitely going to see some of these mindsets, you know, sustain over a period of time. It's really not going to go forever. So let's respect that change, which is happening. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's time for brands to redesign their strategies in a way that they, 
while they want to still make their luxury look fashionable good and for people to aspire for at the same time it's very very important for them to make it more relatable to the audience and become more rooted in the way they you know they approach things or they approach their consumers uh it was fun talking to you jamal but and more than that i think it's a it's a great learning for the listeners for the marketers who are listening to you right now for everyone who belongs to the the luxury the fine dining uh, space overall right so thank you so much for being on brewing talks and uh, you know thank you for taking our time for the show thank you madhulika it was great fun and it's a great initiative you you put out and listen to your other uh past episodes and they all sound great so wish you the very very best and uh, look forward thank to doing so this again. thank you so much jamal thank you thank you thank you for tuning in sign up and subscribe to brewing talks on the all new eplog.media website by subscribing you can stay updated on the upcoming episodes and also share your comments and discussion on the show i will be eager to know your thoughts you can also listen to brewing talks on gana spotify jiosavan apple or google podcast i shall catch up with you all soon with yet another interesting growing topic till then stay creative stay safe and take care